Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer two Sunday morning services with something for everyone. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while the kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, 9.30 or 11.30 every Sunday. Now here's Pastor Marco with another encouraging word. So what's going on, guys? Are you guys feeling good? Awesome. Hey, so if it's your first time here, um, my name is Aaron, and uh, I had the privilege of bringing the word to you this morning. And uh, yeah. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love this. This is 9.30. You guys have the energy. This is awesome. You know, I'm excited. It's my first time speaking here at this building. And so we get to share this moment together. I don't know how it's going to (laughs) go. But it will be good. Just don't tell pastor if anything crazy happens, okay? Can can we make that agreement? (laughs) No, but uh, I, I'm excited, and I, I truly believe that uh, today is a day of victory. And, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the weapon that we have of praise. The weapon that we have of praise. And before we get into, into it, I want you to know that this is a two-way street here. I'm going to need you guys to be in this thing with me, okay? I'm not up here to sing a song and do a couple dances for you, for you to, like, leave entertained. No, no, we're talking about the Word of God. And so... Uh, if you have something that prompts you within the word, I want to encourage you to say amen or that's good or whatever you need to do. And amen is simply saying I agree with that, you know. And so if you hear something or something speaks to you, feel free to respond because we're in this together. And the more you respond, the better I do, I promise, I promise. So can we practice that together on the count of three? Can you just say something? One, two, three. Yeah. Word, let's get it, let's get it. Turn to your Bibles to Psalm 149, and I'm going to read to you out of uh, the Passion Translation. But like I said, today I want to talk about the weapon of praise. That's the title of the message today, weapon of praise. And if you were going to write a subtitle, it would be this, a, excuse me, a psalm and a fight. A psalm and a fight. And this morning, I'm going to need you to put on uh, your thinking caps with me. I'm going to need you to track with me on this one because we're going to talk about praise. And praise is not necessarily the easiest thing to talk about. And so I'm going to need you to track with me because if you do, I believe that you will step into new levels of victory this morning. A pray, a psalm and a fight. My goal today, I just want to set the record straight so you guys know where we're going. The goal today is to show us the power of praise and shift us from a defensive position to an offensive position in faith. That's my goal. My goal is that we would go from a defensive position to an offensive position. Because here's the reality. A victorious life is won through praise. I need you to write that down. A victorious life. You want to live a life of victory. You want to live a life of overcoming. Well, it's one through praise. Praise is what unlocks victory. Praise is what brings victory over your life. And can I tell you something this morning? 
We're just warming up. Can I tell you something this morning? You are designed to praise. You are made to praise. There is something in you that just knows and wants to release a praise. Why? Because you were created for victory. And so praise and victory, it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand. And so throw up that, that verse, in, uh, that scripture in Psalms 149. One, Psalms 149 says this, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I like that. Someone's with me. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song so that all his holy people will hear how wonderful he is. Verse three, break forth with dancing. Make music and sing songs and sing God's praises with rhythms of drums. Did we not just do that just a minute ago? Oh, come on. Verse 4. For he enjoys his faithful lovers. He adorns the humble with his beauty. And he loves to give them victory. His godly lovers triumph in the glory of God. And their joyful praises will raise even while others sleep. Verse 6, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths. For their shouted praises are their what? Are their what? Their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vigilance on every opponent, force, and every resistant power. To bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. Oh, come on. Do you believe that? Can we give three seconds of praise right now? Three, two, one. A weapon of praise. I need you to know something this morning, church. That you were not created to be a victim. You were not created to be a victim. You were not created to be broke or beat down or barely making or struggling through. That was not what you were designed for. You were created to be a victor. You were not created to know that there's victory. You were created to live in victory. We weren't designed for anything else. We were created for victory. We were created to be victors. And we are hardwired to praise. Did you know that? In you, you are just hardwired to shout and to sing and to praise because praise unlocks victory. And so it's important for us to understand that this morning. That we are hardwired to praise because we are created to overcome in life's battles. We are hardwired. We are built for praise. And see, praise, like we just read, praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon of mass destruction against the forces of evil that are coming against your life. I'm telling you, if you were to catch that this morning, praise is a weapon of mass destruction. And as I begin to think about this, it's funny because the reality is we know the power of praise. We know the power of praise. We know it. Like how many of you guys have been to some type of sporting event? Yeah? Oh, come on. Some of you guys are going to be yelling at your TV to, today watching football. But think about it. When you're at a sporting event, what's happening? Praise. 
everyone's going nuts. Like, come on, you've been there before. Like, you don't have to learn how to praise when you step into that arena. You just know. You're like, oh, it's going down. You know, when your team is on the field, you know it's time to praise. When your team is on the court, you know it's time to praise. When, when your son, when your daughter is in that game, oh, parents, come on. You know it's time to praise. It, it, it's built in us. You don't have to. We, we see it in the context here, but it's, it's hardwired into every person. We are built to praise. We know that when it's time for battle, when it's time for victory, what is it time to do? It's time to praise. And so we see the power of praise in our everyday lives, especially when it comes to battle. We see praise in action during battles. It's funny. I've been to a few <laughs> New Bedford High football games, and parents, y'all are crazy. <laughs> it's true. I've been to a couple games. Like, you think that nice, cute, shy mom, like, no, no, no. When her son's on the field, she turns into this praise crazy. Oh, come on. You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. When this son's in that soccer game, it's like, oh, she was so, oh, my goodness. Don't, don't even touch her. Don't even go near her. You see, praise is a real part of life, and praise is a real part of victory. It's funny that when you look in life, and when you look to get a victory, praise is right behind it. Praise and victory go together. And so we were built to operate in praise when it comes to battle. And it's so cool because we truly see the power of praise to shift and move the atmosphere. Come on, you ever see a game begin to turn? as the crowd begins to get in it. Oh, you guys remember that Falcons game with the Pats? Oh, come on. That was a real moment. That was a real, like, you, we cannot deny the effects of praise. And so today, I want to talk about how we can harness that praise to see victory in our lives. Because if it works for sports, if it works in other arenas, how much more should it work when the way that it was designed to overcome in life's battles from the battles within? You see, here's the truth of praise. And I want to make sure you guys catch this. Here's the truth of praise. Write this down. You see, praise is more than a celebration. It's a declaration. And praise is more than, excuse me, an, experience, an, an expression. It's an experience. Now, that second one, I feel, we know the first one. But the second one is where we're going to go a little bit deeper. But before we get there, praise is more than a celebration. It's a declaration. Because why? Praise doesn't happen after the fact. See, a celebration says, yo, I'm going to celebrate after we win. But that's not what's happening in a game. In a game, you're coming from a place of, no, 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 we are going to win. Oh, come on. You guys know what I'm talking about. We are going to win. So if we limit praise to just a celebration, it's not 100% true. Because when we want to see a victory, we start praising in the game. And the second point here is that praise is more than an expression. Praise is more than just shouting. It's more than just saying. But it's an experience. And can I prove it to you? What you praise becomes what you experience. 
what you praise becomes what you experience. Let me prove it to you. So say you have, and I'm talking to the sports parents. Hey, I'm sorry. Today, all the analogies are sports. If you don't like sports, you got to fill in the blank for yourself. <laughs> but just, just, just stick with me on this one. You see, when your son, daughter, whoever's in that game, when they're about to score a touchdown or make that shot, right? It just innately comes out of you. You're like, go, 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 go. Play, yeah, go, get it. Go, 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 go. Oh, come on. You guys know what I'm talking about. When, like, we're about to get, you're like, yes, yeah, go. Like, you start losing your mind. Right? And that's awesome. That's, that is praise. That is, yes, I am declaring, go, get it, touchdown, shoot, win. But how much more when your son, when your daughter, when your friend actually gets that touchdown? You feel like you just got that touchdown. Why do we go nuts when we get a touchdown? Because we, they didn't just get a touchdown. We got a touchdown. Let's go. It, it takes the experience to a whole nother level. Would you agree? Like how many of my Patriots fans in the building? When, okay. Y'all came to the 930 because you know what time the game is. I see you. I see you. I get it. I get it. I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. But, but just, just stick with me here, right? How many of you went to work like you were a champion the day after the Super Bowl? Oh, I was obnoxious. I was annoying. I walked into work like, pff, I kicked open the door. I was like, the champ is here. Oh, I was looking for a Falcons fan. Like, I was looking for him. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. Why? Because we were praising, we were celebrating, we were in it with them. So when they won, we won. And that's the reality of praise. You experience what you praise. Hear me, good or bad. You experience what you praise, good or bad. And you see, here's the concern, and here's where this is coming from. We have bought into the lie that I have to feel good to praise. We have bought into a lie that we have to feel good, that we have to come out of it, that we have to be on the other side before we have a praise. And today, I want to say that is a lie. You don't got to feel good to praise. You don't got to feel good to praise. You got to praise to win. We have bought into this lie. And specifically in the church, if I can talk to some church people this morning, when we buy into that lie, we reduce praise down to the first two to three songs that start a service. Can we get real? When we reduce praise down to a feeling, we reduce it down to a few songs. We reduce it down to a feel-good moment. We reduce it down to something that we can experience in a moment but not live out after the moment. When we reduce praise down to a feeling, we never combat what's happening in the moment. Because if we're honest, the moment doesn't always feel good. And if we're waiting till we get out of a moment to praise, if we're waiting to get out of what's our situation to praise, the reality is we would never activate the power that we have in praise. See, the enemy would love for you to think that praise is for after, that praise is only a celebration, because he knows if he can get you to think and wait, you will wait yourself into a lesser thing than what is for you. So it's a lie to say that praise 
needs to come with feeling good. In fact, I would challenge you today to say that it is the very opposite. Why? Because praise is a weapon used in the moment of battle. <laughs> no soldier waits to feel like using their weapon. Oh, can I, any vets, can they say amen to that? Come on. No soldier waits to feel good to use their weapon. No, they go into battle saying, if I'm going to win, if I'm going to survive, I'm going to use this weapon. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to draw first. I'm going I'm to do something. I'm not going to wait till they come. I'm going to be ready when they come. And so praise is used in the moment of battle. You don't feel good to praise. You praise to win. And praise, my friends, is meant to combat darkness in the moment. You know, when you look through the, the Psalms, I would encourage you to, to read the Psalms. If you're going through a situation, I would encourage you, read the Psalms. The Psalms are basically prayers of people written down. They're poems. They're like prayer journals where these men and women would come and they would pour out their heart to God. And what I've noticed about Psalms, you'll find praise, the word praise in the Psalms more than anywhere else in the Bible. And what I've noticed is that none of their, I'll put this, most of the Psalms are not from a place after the fact. They're right in the middle of the battle. And so you don't see things like, oh, I am. It's more of like, I will. <laughs> I will praise. I will lift up. I will shout. Why? Because right now, this thing is creeping in on me. Right now, the situation's closing in on me. Right now, it doesn't look good, but I will Bless the Lord. Praise is a weapon meant for the moment of battle. And so the problem with us, if we think, and I say us as in me included, if we think that praise is meant for us to feel good, we will give too much praise to our situation in the moment of battle. Have you been there? Now, Track with me now. I'm not talking about a, a football game anymore. I'm talking about the battles that you face in your life. Because all of us have a psalm, a praise, and all of us have a fight. Now, all of us have a fight that we fight every single day. Some of us, it's anxiety. Some of us, it's depression. Some of us, it may be suicidal thoughts. Whatever it may be for you, you got to fill in the blank. But all of us have a battle. All of us have something that we're fighting. And praise was meant for you to combat that thing in the moment. It was meant for you to take hold of your praise for the moment. Praise was meant to combat, to shift the atmosphere of where you are. And the problem is, is if we wait to feel good, we will never activate the praise that's needed to get the victory in the moment. And sometimes if we're not careful, we will give praise to our enemy, whatever that may be, in the moment, Waiting for praise after the moment. Have you been there? Have you been there before? Like you feel the anxiety coming. But instead of praising, you say, oh, I feel it coming. It's coming. It's coming. What is that? You're praising that thing. You're giving power to that thing. You're saying, yes, go. Hey, get it. Go. Run, 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 run. Come on. So if we're not careful... If we don't change the way we think about praise, we will miss out on the victory that God has for each and every one of us. Now with a weapon, you don't just, you don't just get a weapon and just start using it. You got to learn how to use it. 
And so today my goal is that with now this understanding of praise, we would begin to activate it and learn how to use it. Because you got to practice praise. Like every Sunday morning, you have an opportunity to practice praise. Did you know that? Every time you step into these doors on a Sunday, why do we start with praise? That you may practice praise. So I don't got to feel good to praise. I come knowing with the decision saying, I am going to praise. And it's funny that when you begin to praise, all of a sudden your feelings begin to come after. You ever experienced that? You ever be at a concert or something and it's like, no, nah, I'm going to be the cool guy. I'm not raising my hands. You ever be in the car with that over happy friend and they're like, hey, hey, hey. You're like, nah, I'm not going to do it. This is not, it's just not going to happen. What happens after you get around that person for a little bit? All of a sudden you begin to loosen up a little bit. All of a sudden, by like the 50th song in the concert, you're like, hey, come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. And so praise has a way of bringing your feelings along if you were to act in faith. And so praise is a weapon. Are you guys with me? Praise is a weapon. And there's a process to praise. I want to read a story in the book of Acts, where we see praise in action, I think it's important that we look to the Bible to show us a practical example of what praise looks like. And so in Acts 16, in verse 24, we see a situation happen. It's not up there, so if you guys are looking up there, it ain't going to show up. <laughs> I'm just going to let you know now. <laughs> Y'all better bring your Bibles or something. We can't do all the work for you. Come on. <laughs> Acts 16. Uh, I'm actually going to read from 23. It says this. After they were severely beaten, now Paul, the apostle Paul, and his friend Silas, they were put in jail for preaching the gospel. You see, back then, and even in, in certain countries today, it is illegal to preach the gospel. You can get, go to jail for evangelizing. And this is what happened to these men of faith that were part of pioneering uh, the, the movement of God in the beginning. And so it says this, after they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison and the jailers were commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound in chains. Now I need you to see this with eyes of faith. I love how it says innermost because some of us have an innermost prison that we're in. Some of us have an innermost prison. Like on the outside, it looks great. But there's a war, a prison, a cell in your mind, in your heart. That way you're locked up and chained in the innermost place. And we see that, that example here with Paul and Silas. They were chained, their feet were bound, and they were in the innermost cell of the prison. And so Paul and Silas, undaunted, unfazed, not shaken, not scared, what did they do? They prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. Now you got to put yourself there. Like, they didn't feel good. There's no way. There's no way. Like, no one just goes to jail and be like, oh, this is great. Awesome. Great. No, no, no. And not only that, put in jail for speaking about Jesus. They didn't do anything wrong. But look at these men, this, these men and their faith and their act of praise. While all the prisoners were listening to their worship, suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison. 
All at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. You see, here's why the enemy is scared for you to activate your praise. Because when you begin to activate your personal praise for your battle that you're going through, it will begin to unlock the doors for everyone around you to experience freedom. Your praise is not just meant for you, but it starts with you. And so it's important that we learn how to activate and use this weapon of praise. And so praise has a process. Praise has a process. There's a process to praise we must learn how to use so that we can know how to maneuver and pull out this weapon when we need it. And so this is where practice makes perfect. Again, this life of faith is a journey. It's a journey. But as you learn how to overcome in the battles that you find yourself, you'll see and live in victory and you'll begin to go more and more towards victory. And so the process of praise. Number one. Praise starts with your confession. Praise starts with your confession. In the psalm we read earlier, it says, God's high and holy praises fill their mouth. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Their verbal, shouted, spoken praises are weapons of war. Psalms 119, 171 to 172 says this, let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all your commands are right. Praise starts with your confession. Praise starts with your confession. And can I say this? You don't have to feel it to confess it. You don't have to feel it to confess it. And can I even go a step further? <laughs> all because you think it doesn't mean you have to say it. You, you, need, you, need to go, you need to be a little bit mature to understand that. I'm not saying you won't have the thought. I'm saying don't you dare say it. <laughs> I'm not saying the thought won't cross your mind. But I'm saying don't you dare let it come out of your mouth. I'm saying I'm, you're going to think it. You might think it. But don't say it. Because your words have power. And your confession is what starts your praise. And so when you're in battle and you feel that anxiety coming, you may think it, but if you say it, you're giving power to the wrong thing. That, that situation is going to happen. And you may think it, but don't say it. Don't verbalize it. Oh, come on. We see this in sports. Your team could be getting whooped. You look over the guy, hey, how you feeling? We got some work to do. <laughs> Come on, can we be honest? The, like, their face is like, but you know the punk is the one who's like, oh, we lost. It's like, oh, get, get out of here. Come on, you guys know what I'm talking about. See, we innately know that there's power in our confession. We innately know that the, the things that we say actually matter. That's why when our team is not doing well, we don't say it. Are you kidding me? We punk the dude that does. Like, oh, the pastor didn't lose. Man, shut Man, get this guy out of here. Who is this guy? You don't say it. You may think it, but the power comes in your confession. The power comes in your confession. And here's the true power of our confession. Your confession has power to change your mind. Did you know that? 
what you confess can actually change what you think. And a lot of times we find ourselves confessing the wrong things. And instead of having a mindset now of victory, we're going to have a mindset of defeat. Your confession has the power to change the way that you think. And the Bible even goes so far to say that it is through hearing that faith arises. Faith comes through hearing, not by thinking, but by hearing the word of God. And so I want to encourage you this morning, church. You may think it, but don't you dare say it. (laughs) Don't you dare say it. Instead, why don't you begin to confess truth over your lives? And this is why we got to pay attention to what we're listening to. This is why we got to pay attention to what we're reading. Because what we listen to, what we read, what we take in is going to come out in our confession. Have you ever had a moment where you had a thought and you didn't want to say it, but it just came out and you're like, what the heck was that? Well, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> and you see, if we're not careful, we will give power and we will begin to praise things that lead to defeat instead of speaking and confessing the word of God over our lives that brings victory. Faith comes through hearing. And so the second thing, the first one, was that praise starts with your confession. The second thing is that praise is activated by your faith. You see, your confession, right? That's why they go in order. Your confession is the direction of your faith. I'm going to say that again. Your confession points the direction of your faith. And so it's important that we start with our confession. Why? Because at the end of the day, the second part of this process is that your praise is activated by faith. Check out this quote. I had it written in my phone. I forget where I got it, but it's a cool quote. Faith is the courage to face into our illusions and allow ourselves to be disillusioned about them. The courage to walk through our illusions and dispel them. Faith is a disillusioned view of reality that lets the beauty behind the illusion shine through. You see, if it's hard for you to be honest, it's going to be hard for you to gain faith. If it's hard for you to look yourself in the mirror, it's going to be hard for you to activate the power of faith. And I don't say this to discourage you. I say this to challenge you and to hopefully encourage you to say, I want to be honest. I want to see what's in front of me so that I may gain the faith to overcome it. Now, this is something that is a challenge. Because when we think of praise as a feeling, what happens is instead of going into faith, we go into hype. Instead of faith, we flip over into this thing called hype, where faith will empower us to see and declare and to stand in the middle and to trust. Hype covers. You ever meet someone that hyped up something? You ever hype up something and know it's not good? Oh, can we be honest? It's like, yo, that food is nasty. (laughs) But that restaurant, though, come on. Hype covers. Hype covers up. Hype will only cover up what you know is there. 
And if we reduce praise down to a feeling, what will happen is instead of combating our situation, we'll come in and look for the next song that makes me feel good. We'll look for the next thing that brings that feeling of confidence. We'll look for the next thing that gets us hyped up enough to forget that anything's going on and to look to the person next to us and say, hey, when my mind says I'm not good enough. Come on. And then once that song no, no longer does it for you anymore, you find another one. Can we be honest? This morning? I'm, ta- I- I'm talking to me. I know that's me. I woke up and be like, yo, Echo was my jam. Now you guys are like, <laughs> but hear me. When we look at praise as a feeling, that will always be the end result because feelings are fading or fleeting. But when we look at praise as a, as a moment for us to look at our situation, it doesn't matter what they're saying. When my mind says I'm not good enough, when that anxiety says I'm not good enough, when that depression says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. I've decided I'm not giving up. Why? Because you won't give up on me. No, you won't give up on me. You're left. Oh, it begins to take on a new sound. It begins to take on a new form. It becomes less about how the band did it and how it sounded, but more about how good my God is and how much he loves me. Oh, come on. If you were to ignite a praise, talking about, that's not my jam. Who cares? It's praise. Praise is not a feeling. Praise is not a feeling. Praise is not meant to cover up, but to confront. And we don't want to reduce praise down to a feeling. Because if not, we'll just be listening to pump up music all day. Some of us go to worship music to pump us up. Instead of activate praise. This is helping you. (laughs) And so here is the reality before I move on to my last point. Hear me, again, all this comes from the context of praise being a weapon. That means if praise is a weapon, it needs an enemy to be activated. You know what I'm saying? Like, going to the gun range is fun. Or I'll put this, shooting blanks is fun. But when you got even like a piece of paper, a piece of paper will make you come alive. For those who go to the gun range. You know what I'm saying? Or just having a target in front of you makes you come alive. Like, you can throw a football into nothing, but they'd be like, hey, yo, run. Come on, it brings the thing to life. It brings the thing to life. And so it's the same thing with our praise. If praise is a weapon, that means it needs something to hit. And so for you to not confront or to combat whatever is in your life through praise, we were robbing ourselves from the power that praise has. Are you guys following me? And so praise is a weapon that needs to focus on an enemy. You see, when I read the Psalms, the psalmist never ignored their problems. Rather, they brought them to God in praise. I challenge you, or I encourage you rather, to read the Psalms and see how these guys would literally say, God, I'm feeling anxious, but Lord, you are my peace. God, this depression is coming in, but you are my refuge. You are the lover of my soul. You are the one who lifts my head. Where does my help come from? Because I need it. It comes from the Lord. 
without the courage, without the faith to stand in the middle and face whatever it is you're going through, praise doesn't have a focus. Number three, and this is my last point. You see, if, if praise starts with your confession and then is activated by faith, praise is fueled with gratitude. Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Here's the reality. Gratitude brings perspective to pain. Gratitude brings perspective to pain. And hear me, gratitude is not a feeling. You don't feel grateful you are grateful. You don't feel grateful. I am grateful. And so gratitude is a mindset. Gratitude is a position of your heart that takes some cultivating to get there. Is that, you guys follow me? Does that make sense? We must cultivate an attitude, a perspective of gratitude in order to continue to see victory in our lives. You see, gratitude is only attained by stopping and meditating and looking back. Now, I'm not saying meditating as in like the Eastern, like empty your mind. No, no, fill your mind with what God has done. You see, for those of you who have been walking with Jesus for a little while, if you're having trouble, praise. I want to challenge you. Are you looking back and remembering what God has done in your life? Are you stopping for a moment to remember how far you've come? Are you stopping for a moment to remember the knucklehead that you used to be? Are you stopping for a moment to remember and remind yourself you have no business being here, but it's because of the grace of God that you are here. So whatever problem, whatever situation, whatever thing is in your life. You see, here's the thing about gratitude. The enemy and when I say enemy, I don't just mean the devil. Like, that's always, like, huge. I'm talking about, like, anxiety, depression. Like, bring it down for a moment. Whatever it is you're going through, that thing that you're fighting does not know what to do with you when you are grateful. It doesn't know what to do with you when you're grateful. And gratitude, what it does is it unlocks a perspective that latches onto God that says, all things have worked out for my good. Think about it. When you remember the things that you used to go through and then sit in the reality that you are right here, right now, in the presence of God, it brings perspective to say, that thing hurt in the moment, but it didn't take me out because I'm right here, right now. Oh, that relationship, it hurt for the moment, but I thought I was done, but now when I think back on it, it didn't take me out because I'm right here, right now. Oh, that addiction, that addiction, that tried to take me out. I thought it was over, but no, I kept in it, and God showed himself faithful, and look, I'm not here by accident, but I'm here by the grace of God. All things work out for my good. And gratitude gives you, gives you that thing that looks where you are right now and stare that thing in the face and say, all things work out for my good. Why? Because I've seen him do it before. I've seen him do it before. I've seen him do it before. And he will do it again. He will do it again. 
We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, please share it with another person. And for more information, visit our website, newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.